This episode of Nerd Cognito is brought to you by the Gatekeeping is Good t-shirt. That's right, Nerd Cognito is proud to partner with Amazon.com, the big Amazon, and Amazon is now producing and shipping all of the Nerd Cognito merch, which means that the Gatekeeping is Good t-shirt can be yours at a reasonable price with free shipping with Prime. It starts at 20 bucks for the standard tee. I mean, come on, gatekeeping is good on a t-shirt for 20 bucks. You got to get it. Go to Amazon.com or your local Amazon and search NerdCognito. There you'll find the gatekeeping is good t-shirt and all of the other shirts and merch that we have to offer. Remember, the gatekeeping is good design is being sunsetted at the end of February. So if you haven't picked one up yet, now is the time. Again, go to Amazon, search NerdCognito or Gatekeeping is Good. Find the shirt, buy the shirt, show your support for our corner of the hobby. It's a great shirt. And, you know, it'll irritate Sparkle Trolls at your FLGS. What more do you want? 20 bucks, free shipping, Amazon. Now, on with the show. Everybody, it is I, Ryan David. You are tuning in to another episode of Nerd Cognito. Hey, glad to have you with us. It's been a cold, gray week here in February for me, so I'm looking forward to this week's episode. Um, the sky is not falling in the TTRPG world right now. That's always a good thing. It means we can talk about other stuff that's just interesting, and uh, I can't do it by myself. I have to do it with the we, and here is my co-host and partner in crime, Kyle. Hey, Kyle. Hey, what's going on? Oh, nothing. You know, surviving. surviving surviving survival Survival instinct is always good i went to the record store last night to do a little retail therapy to cheer myself up i got a copy of the last alice cooper album that i was actually actively looking for it's probably not my last coop album because i love the coop but i did get a copy of hey stupid now so um, nice yeah i I mean i like alice cooper I've realized that I couldn't get a copy of the original Hey Stupid. It's just stupid, expensive, and hard to find. Uh, But I did find a brand new copy of one of the 180-gram repressings of it. So after this show, I'm going upstairs, and I'm listening to that album start to finish. Um, I really do think it's probably his best album, at least in my opinion. But um, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, hey, stupid. <laughs> Let me bring in hey. some Bert. <laughs> hey, oh. Bert. Oh. Thought, you were, thought you were still Thanks, talking Ryan. to me. Thought yeah. you were still talking to me. See, it, it, that, it's fun. universal. <laughs> no. <laughs> How are you doing this week, Bert? I'm doing all right. I, I owe Bert an apology. I canceled gaming last Friday, Kyle. Yeah. Uh, my little dude went to Monster Jam. We talked about it on there the Speakeasy, go. right? Yeah. Um, I I wonder if I can uh, do the Sunday, Sunday, Sunday in post. I don't know. We'll find out. If you guys just heard it, <laughs> I'm able to do it. If you didn't, pretend I never said anything. Um, okay. But yeah, um, man, you cut me. You cut me down to three game days this week. I'm sorry. It, you know, <laughs> it, it turned out he was originally going, and we had other plans, and I was going to be available. But when I got back from my business trip. He was, like, attached to my hip for the rest of the week. And he said, Dad, 
I want you to take me to Mon- we, we, you've always taken me to Monster Jam. I want you to you yeah. to take me. So I took him, and it's true. Like his first one was just me and him, and and we had a good time. And this time we took one of his friends along. So it was me and two miniature eight year old blonde kids running around downtown. <laughs> there you go. What's your favorite? You what's your favorite monster truck, Bert? Um, I was always a Grave Digger fan as a kid. Grave Digger. He, he won the competition uh, when we were there uh, this past weekend. And I'm not such a Grave Digger fan anymore because it, it's now not just Grave Digger. It's a whole franchise. There's like 26 trucks of Grave Digger, right? Uh, right. But I will give props. Uh, the driver that was at our show was the son of the original dra- Grave Digger driver. And he did some out of this world phenomenally crazy shit. So <laughs> uh, I'm not a car guy, but I like myself some monster trucks. Kyle, do you keep up with any of the monster truck stuff? Uh, I don't really keep up with any. Um, we've got some friends of the family. They have a, a young boy. I think he's about four, maybe yep. going on five. Big into the monster truck. So whenever we visit them, we get to hear all about grave digger because that's his favorite <laughs> hey, that's, that's his favorite i'll tell you the toys that they produce i mean it's all china junk right but compared yeah. to like hot wheels and hot wheels is like the top of the top right there is a noticeable quality increase in, in the the monster jam toys so i am not you, you know i have this problem with buying toys <laughs> <laughs> I, I am very rarely going into a store that has the Monster Jam stuff and not coming out with something if it's not something that we already have. Uh, right. Much to the chagrin of everyone in the house, including the animals, because they're, you know, stepping over Megalodon. So, <laughs> uh, this week on the show, we are going to talkle. Talkle? I could eat a taco right now. Um, <laughs> tackle Tuesday. Tackle. We're going to tackle two topics that come up semi-regularly. I, I'm almost willing to admit that we are taking a ride on the carousel this week, but on the OSR carousel, right? We're going to talk about death and consequences in your tabletop role-playing game and how we approach it as DMs and players, how the OSR as a niche of the hobby approaches it and how it's viewed in general by, you know, I don't know, someone, but we're (laughs) going to, we're going to go through all of that stuff and we're going to take a peek at what it means to your game. Notice I didn't say to you or to your character, but to your game to have death and gosh, it's foreign concept consequences for actions hey i've got some news for us um and on the flip side of the news we are going to take a different spin at talking about session zero i know we've talked about it once before on the show and it is always an interesting conversation when anyone is talking about session zero but this time we're going to look at it from you know, the Triforce of Nerd Cognito's perspective. How does Kyle handle a session zero? How does Bert handle a session zero? How does Ryan not handle a session zero? Those sort of things. So it's going to be 
a very interesting thing, don't you think, Bert? Uh, yeah, thinks it should be a good show. <laughs> <laughs> glad, glad you're awake with us today, buddy. <laughs> uh, it was a late night. No, I I hear you. We were talking before we went on the air. You had a big day yesterday. All of us. I had a business trip. Kyle had Super Bowl week, which impacts his business life in an insane fashion. Oh, yeah. And you had a a major uh, charity event that you were doing last night. So... Yeah, with Coke and hookers. uh, Shit. No. Where was my invitation? (laughs) I'm now free and clear to take advantage of Coke and hookers, and I didn't get an invite. Oh, man. Uh, uh, I, n- never once have I paid for it, at least not directly. Uh, dinner and drinks and GHB. N- never mind. <laughs> never what, what, mind. Uh, okay, Ryan. So Should we just jump right into that first segment? Yeah, consequences. <laughs> and death. Uh, it, it's a part of my games and it is certainly a part of the philosophy that we subscribe to as gamers in our corner of the hobby but it really has a huge spectrum carefully chosen word of how it is received because i for one and i think that we're all going to be in agreement believe that death is an integral and necessary element to be present in your games. Now, we know that the sparkly ones do not believe that. I mean, they don't even want combat, let alone the idea of their self-insert tiefling gay barista possibly biting the big one and not in the way that they enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that that terrifies oh. them. Ryan. But I, uh, uh, No, Bert, seriously. Death is important because actions have to have consequences. Your game has to have stakes. I get it. You're invested in your character. That's why self-preservation of that character should be on the table all the time. Uh, Am I wrong, Bert? No, I don't think that you're wrong. I think that uh, at least the risk of death adds uh you know adds an element to a lot of these you know fantasy games there are games where death isn't a factor cartoon physics and all that other stuff but yeah but we're not playing tune we're playing D &D. in dungeons and dragons the risk of death influences characters quite a bit and the death of a player character can have a significant impact on things hey i'll tell you what the most memorable characters that I've ever played. No shit in you guys. They all died. They mm-hmm. all died. My favorite all-time character, and it's rare that I get to play, right? I'm forever GM. But my favorite all-time character was murdered in his sleep by the party. Well, not by the entire party, but by two members of the party. And I think that that is great. Kyle, where does yeah. death fit in to your mantra? Uh, it's, a, it's a requirement. If you're going to play a game like Dungeons & Dragons or in any you know semi-serious role-playing game, you know, like you said, Toon and you know the, those sorts of things are kind of an exception. But if you're going right. to play something semi-seriously, then I think that you have to have risk, right? You have to, you know, you've you've got a fictional player character that you've created. 
you've got to be willing to put that on the line. And the DM should put you in situations where you do have to put put that on the line because otherwise, where's the fun? Oh, to me, right? If, if if you're if you're guaranteed that you're never going to die and everything's going to turn out, everybody lives happily ever after at the end. Then why are you even doing it? I don't I don't understand that. It, it's a foreign concept to me. I'm going to make the Super Mario Brothers analogy here. Super Mario Brothers, the very first one, NES, 1980-something, right? My brain's not, not, not going there. What made it so spectacular was that there were permanent consequences. There was no save, right? You right. had three Marios. Fall down the hole three times. That's it. Back to world 1-1. One, one. And we played that game Hours upon hours upon sure. hours upon hours for extended lengths of calendar to finally be able to succeed. And it was so rewarding when you did versus video right. games today. Look, look at BG3. There are strategy guides for how to save Scummit. So that your characters yeah. never die, never fail, and it's already built into the game. We're skewing the dice rolls. So, right. I just, mm, is it an age disconnect again, Bert? I don't think it's necessarily necessarily an age disconnect. I think that, uh, you know, I mean, all of us have had our favorite character go down. You right. know, things happen, the dice don't go your way. When you include a random element like dice in the game, occasionally something bad's going to happen to you. And, you know, whether that's high stakes or low stakes, you know, nobody likes it when their character fails. You know, when you fall on your face and you're not effective and you get, you know, turfed, you're like, uh, well, that wasn't very fun. I'm going to give you a so counterpoint when you're done on that. Let Remind me to come back to it. Sure. And, but I don't think, and, and I think that, you know, what, uh, what a lot of people are doing is trying to remove the, like the frustration and the sort of the extreme there. And I think that the problem is that you need that. If you don't feel something for the character, if you're not frustrated, if you're not pissed off, if you're not, if it, then, you know, like Kyle said, what's the point of the game? It just becomes sort of meh. Right. Uh, when you said nobody likes when their character fails, uh, I agree. Nobody likes when their character fails, but it's more rewarding. And we learn beyond the game from those failures. I posit the possibility that the failures in the game better prepare us for when we have failures in life. You know, so we are equipped to handle that situations don't always work out in the way that we think they're going to. And we're not looking for a short length of rope in a closet every time something doesn't go our way. Hmm. Maybe I'm just being too doom and gloom, Kyle. <laughs> no, no, I think that's a, that's an astute observation. I would tend to agree with that. Um, you know, for me, the death and consequences thing, you know, there's there's a push against it, or it seems there seems to be no, against, there is. A, a, there against is. a fairly significant portion of, of, of modern players in particular. But 
everybody wants to play a hero, right? Well, how are you, how can you be a hero if you risk nothing? Right. So if, if you, so it's, it's one thing to make a, you know, a last ditch stand against the marauding horde that's coming to wipe out the village as the women and children escape and you take them on. But heroism, the heroic part is when there is a very real chance that your character could die and then you still succeed. Correct. That's when you're a hero. Right. That's the ultimate hero. And that's right. a, a tale as old as time. And when I think of who in the real world I would identify as heroes, very often, and this isn't a slam, they're very often martyrs. Right. Because they believed in, fought for and gave the ultimate sacrifice for their cause. And that's everyone going back to like Joan of Arc to the modern soldier that's overseas right now that may not come home. Those guys have my ultimate respect because they know everything has a consequence and they know that their actions might not give them a return trip, but it's for in their perspective perception usually when there's not you know dementia yeah. as a commander in chief usually it's for a greater good <laughs> but um, yeah I, yeah but i mean the the counterpoint that a lot of people will make to that especially the you know the, the newer players in, in the in the modern games is that yeah but ryan it's it's all just make believe it's all make believe why do you why do you have to inject so much realism into it huh? because it's not uh, why you gotta Kyle, do that it's not because for them they're creating self-inserts and self-superheroes and that, right. in my opinion, is the number one motivating factor why they dislike death. Because mm -hmm. they're not making a character. They're not making Polly the Kenku cleric that got hacked to bits by the party. They are making, and I'm going to put it in, in, in my terms... Ryan, the Kenku cleric that happens to be named Polly, that has all of my characteristics and mannerisms, that should he fail, then I fail. And that's just fucked in the head, man. That's defeating the purpose of the game. <laughs> no, it is. It is. Oh, it's I laugh because it's true. Now, as a as somebody who does a lot of, you know, GMing and DMing, I uh I find that character death opens up your story a lot too. Like Kyle mentioned, you know, you know, you lose a character at that heroic last stand. Well, what kind of impact does that have? Now, now you've got somebody who died to save this town and the town is saved. What, what are the effects of that character's death on the town on like future generations? Like there's a lot you can do with a heroic story in your campaigns, especially if you're, you know, homebrewing or writing it yourself. Right. Because right. that town now is going to erect a statue in that guy's honor. Little do they know that when they buried the corpse, an evil necromancer dug up that corpse and reanimated their hero. Who's going to come in in a month and raise the town. Right. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's your story, Ryan, but I, I have a different one that I use, but okay. that's, that's terrible. That's yeah, that's a horrible one, but you know it could go the other way. It could. You know, that was a, just off the our, cuff. You know, this is a, I'm in a you know. I'm in a happy place right now. Obviously, obviously, but you know that 
you know, that shining example, you know, what, you know, and I try to think about that because characters can go down like at random, you know, when you inject dice rolls, the right amount of damage and somebody's dead. And if the party doesn't have a way to bring that person back, I'm thinking about, you know, okay, well, what if they, what has that character done? And now that they're dead, like, what is their legacy? You ever DM Divinity not kill a character, Bert? Uh, Divinity not kill a character? Not through, Only through, if through the power as, of you as DM, you roll behind the screen, you know they have about 20 hit points, and you just did 36 damage. Only time I've ever done that was when I was running a campaign for small children. I didn't want the I didn't want to kill the five year old. Ah, fuck him! <laughs> no, I, I've I've done it too, and it's very very rare. And I probably would not do it today. The last time I did it was a long time ago. So as I've as I've matured, <laughs> I've realized that where the dice fall, the dice fall. Um, Bert, you almost got it. I did, oh, yeah. uh, in, a, in our last session, I did not pull any punches, and I was questioning in my mind, is this going to kill him? Because I wasn't certain exactly where you were, but I I didn't pull it. It It is what it is, and I rolled, yeah. and I, as the DM, was a little disheartened because I crit, right? I was like, oh, but I can't prevent what is to be to be final thoughts kyle i don't know that i have any more final thoughts i mean i, th I think i pretty much summed it up it's 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 if if you're going to be heroic you've got to take risk and if you if you don't have any risk then you then you can pretend to be heroic but you're not you're not really being heroic right i mean it's stolen gaming valor Stolen gaming valor. I don't know. That? I also think it's funny too, though. That in okay, here's a final thought for you. You get these guys, and they want to min-max their character, and they want all the cool abilities, and they want the highest hit point total that they can get. But if you can't die, it doesn't matter whether you've got one hit point or a thousand. Right. Right. And hit points are such an abstract. You know, maybe we'll talk about this next week. I have an issue with hit points. <laughs> I mean, it's a necessary evil. Like, I can't make them go mm -hmm. away, but I, I don't like hit points because it doesn't make sense in my mind that whether you are at 50 hit points or one hit point, your character functions the same. Anyway, that that's a conversation for another day. Right. Bert, right. last thought, death and consequences at your table. Well, I mean, if you want to play one of those noble heroic figures, then you have to be prepared for that character to risk death or even die. If not, play an amoral weasel like Ryan's characters. They're not <laughs> all immoral weasels. Okay, 85% are amoral weasels. <laughs> Maybe it is a self-insert. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I think that when the heralds are shouting the news of the day, it's more important that they are singing the praises of the great fallen hero than it is to sing the praises which will shortly be forgotten of the guy that came in, tanked through everything, and then just marched down the road. Uh, it, it is meaningful for your world that there is death and consequences. And uh, there's not much more to be said about that. Part of the fun, the fun, Fun 
is having that risk. And guess what? If the worst happens, you get the fun of creating a whole new character and popping them into a world that will synergize with your party, with your players, and with the story. So death in gaming isn't an unhappy ending. It's just another story beat that keeps the game alive. Hey, look at that. Oh, that, that, that was look that was very prophetic it was like i was given a ted talk <laughs> <laughs> all right mark your calendars i'm i'm good for another year for being very serious and very very matter of fact and to the point uh we do have some news this week guys what's uh, in the news ryan well you know a couple of things uh, shift gears a little bit we talked very, very briefly about this, and this was a long, long time ago. Uh, Bert, do you remember that I told you about a board game that was being okay. designed short format, and they did a very small print run last summer. But the interesting thing about it was it was published by Incredible Dream which is the house studio of Kevin Wilson, creator of Arkham Horror. I do remember you mentioning something about that because well, you're a big Arkham Horror nut. Right. The, the, the Zen board game, A Gentle Rain, will launch again in full release later this summer. And it's such a departure from Arkham. Right? <laughs> uh, what, no, no dark themes, no uh, horrible deaths. No insanity. dark themes, no horrible deaths, no five hour slogs. Not that they're a slog. I always enjoy when we play those games. Um, it's a 15 minute quickie. And huh. Big Box Target will house a special, quote, Bloom edition that upgrades components and allows you to. Build your own little aquatic pond. Uh, the remastered edition of this zen-like board game is expected to hit the shelves in Target this summer. And uh, it's satisfying for both small groups or those dreaded solo players. You can even pack it in your lunchbox and play it at work at lunch. Uh, Kevin said, quote, I wanted to make a game that could be played solo or with a group of friends, and I wanted it to be Zen, calming experience to alleviate the stress. Hey, I'm all for it. Continuing. At the time, I was dealing with off and on anxiety attacks by doing jigsaw puzzles to distract my brain. So I tapped into that emotional experience and found to my surprise. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, we get it, Kev. You, you, you had a bad stretch. But you made a good game. Uh, Kyle, I would be remiss if I didn't talk. We talked about this with Bill the Dungeon Delver on Saturday. People showcasing yeah. their dysfunction. Right. I'm going through yeah. a lot of dysfunction right now. I ain't showcasing a bit of it publicly. Yeah. Uh, why, why can't I'm, he just make a good game? I don't care. I want to build the pond. Well, I don't know. Is it the is it the modern equivalent of street cred now? I don't know. I put the fun in dysfunction. You know, I don't know. How, how do you win at Zen anyway? Enlightenment points? Yeah. How do you win at Zen? How do you win at Zen? It's uh, almost as good as what is, what is the sound of one hand clapping, bird? Right. How do you win, how do you win at Zen? Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, I don't know. It looks like a fun game. It's going to be a $20 price point. Everybody should pick it up just because of his pedigree and because of how well-received the original release was. It plays in scenarios that are, like I said, about 15 minutes long, and it is a super simple, stress-free, and really pretty, pretty 15-minute piece. I would play it at least with three just because I would want a little bit of resource crunch, but you can absolutely play it all the way down to solo. Um, Check it out in Target. Don't often send people there, but they are going to be the exclusive distributors of it this summer, A Gentle Rain. I would build a pond and make my, you know, (laughs) floating lily pads, and uh, it sounds like fun. Plus, I know his games are good, and despite his little uh, waving of his flag there, he is one of the board game designers that generally keeps his freaking trap shut, so I will support that game. Yeah, well, being from the Midwest, I'll build a pond, and then we'll dynamite it for fish. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do do people still do that, Kyle? I, I... cannot neither confirm nor deny (laughs) i mean i guess you could eat for a season on one trip right i mean where i live you build a pond and i'll show up with a pole right (laughs) you know i i I told you this before bert but now more than ever especially you know this spring this summer we've got to go fishing you know take you me and the little dude Get me out of the house because <laughs> otherwise I will be sequestered in the house this summer. So, yep, tons of places I could take you guys fishing. We have some weekend camping if you want. Uh, let's, uh, hotel, let's not get carried away. Yeah, Bert. I mean, come on, <laughs> I need room service and climate control. Let's, 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 Kyle said it best don't get carried away. Baby steps, yeah. baby steps, yeah. and, and adult right, right, movies I, on demand. <laughs> I forgot. Ryan doesn't sleep on the ground. Ryan doesn't cook over a campfire. Ryan, not caveman. (laughs) Speaking of Hollywood's modern day caveman, Joe Manganiello. Joe has been an ambassador for D&D. Right. And generally stayed out of the shit. I get it. He's He's got a a good one. He's generally been a good ambassador. I like the guy. I do. I'm going to say it right now. I do, too. I mean, he had knockout of a of a wife until they recently divorced right um Mm -hmm. sophia vargara right right yeah yeah she's like the modern day sophia loren (laughs) yeah yeah seriously 100 percent. that's Uh, a really good comparison uh manganello compares now his love of baldur's gate 3 to his love of Dungeons and Dragons at a whole. Quote, this is what I love about the game, is that everyone has a completely different experience. Do they, Joe? Do they? This is the first time I have ever questioned your nerd card. BG3 is like what D&D is in my mind. Not necessarily what it's been for the last five years. Okay, now we're turning around. Manganello is making a comparison to D&D 5th edition on launch, which I think all three of us are on record as saying 
not our game of choice, but mechanically a sound and okay system. It is okay-ish. Right. I'm going to continue. Quote, I think that the actual books and gameplay have gone in a completely different direction than what Mike Merles and Rodney Thompson and Peter Lee and Rob Schwab envisioned. And RPG Pundit. Let's put that out there. Pundit was a consultant for 5th edition. He's a friend of the show and my partner on Inappropriate Characters, so I have to put him over. Uh, the actor continued to explain how Merle's let him in on the original design philosophy that was put into 5th edition, and he believes that the folks at Larian Studios took that and ran with it. Now, knowing the development time on a AAA video game, I can see this as being legitimate. This doesn't give Larian a pass. This doesn't make the bear penis acceptable. Uh, and, and Joe has to play nice, right? Like, Joe's in a yeah. tough spot. Yeah. He's getting Why is it check. always the bear penis with you, Ryan? Because I don't even want to think about the other penises that were on the drawing board before they decided on bear. That's why it's always <laughs> the bear penis with me. Well, it's um, kind of the, yeah, it's kind of always the bear penis with me too, Bird. It was like, like why, why, <laughs> why are you doing this in this game? There is zero need for it. Manganello also talked about how he got involved deeply in making a adaptation of Dragonlance, which ironically, in a story that yeah. did not make our news but was on the radar this week, Margaret Weiss confirmed that project is dead. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's a shame. It is. I was never a huge Dragonlance guy, right? But with I like the books. I didn't enjoy playing in the universe as much. Yeah, and with yeah. Joe helming it, you would hope that it would have sort of a Henry Cavill effect a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. I think it I think it could have been good, especially if they just kind of made, you know, here's the novels and we're gonna base this show on that. Then again, you know, it might be for the best because we know what some of these companies will do to a property. They'll uh they'll they'll force revisions that maybe, you know, yeah. shouldn't be there. And ultimately Manganello is still Hollywood and he has to still live and survive in Hollywood. So right. you can only fight so much. Otherwise you do become a Henry Cavill. And then right. yeah. outside of very specific projects, you kind of have this black smudge on you, which is right. unfortunate. Right. I don't know. I think Joe said as much as he could say without compromising himself. So maybe I'm reading between the lines or maybe for once I'm being an optimist, but, um, I'm going to let it go. <laughs> I'm going to let it go. <laughs> hey, we, we talked about Henry and his black mark. Uh, we do have a little update from Mr. Cavill himself on the Highlander reboot that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Oh yeah. He, he actually uh, spoke about it and he said, I am a Highlander fan. They're great fun movies, said Cavill. Uh, obviously I watched them when I was a lot younger and have since rewatched, but also the TV show. I really enjoyed the lore behind it. That sense of a tragic warrior with more of a story to tell than a cool guy with a sword doing cool things. This goes deeper than that. Um, Cavill is excited because he says his upcoming reboot 
is extraordinary and will not, quote, play it safe. He's also secured the director of the John Wick movie. <laughs> Interesting. That, that's an odd choice there. Uh, is it, though? Sword play over the top, uh, extra dimensional, everlasting, godlike beings. <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't think that that's necessarily over the top. I guess it depends on the direction that I don't remember that director's name. I know exactly who you're talking about. Uh, Stahalski. Um, Stahalski. Yeah. I mean, he certainly knows how to make action incredibly exciting and visually appealing. Yes. That's true. Yes. Uh, confession time. I've only seen half of John Wick and only the first one. And I'm told that, oh. that I need to correct that. So. Yes, you indeed do. You do. Yes, indeed yeah. you do. I've at least Very seen the first so. two John Wick movies um, all the way through. I have, yeah, I have not seen all four. Um, I've seen the first two. Yeah, I haven't seen the third one either, Bert. But the first, if nothing else, watch the first one in its entirety. Seriously. Oh yeah, absolutely, all the way through. It's a it's a fantastic movie. It really is a fantastic movie. Yeah, I have this love hate thing with Keanu. Sorry, T. <laughs> I, I, I either really, really dig him in things or I can't stand him. And um, John Wick was getting to the point where uh, he was starting to grate on me at, at about the halfway mark of that film. So Probably. I will give it a shot. I'm going to have some free time on my hands where I can sit back and, yeah. you know, dig into a movie. So I will commit today to, to giving at least the first two films a shot. So yeah, the only the only movie I, the only Canu movie that I like better is The Matrix. Really? Yeah. You heard it here first, nerds. Ryan has problems with Johnny Silverhand. You can write to Ryan at. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Here's my problem with Johnny Silverhand. Sorry, T. <laughs> um, He's got his overhand. Well, no, no. Oh no. Okay. The character was just Keanu turned to the dark. There wasn't a character. He was playing oh, he, himself. He, evil Keanu. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I, I wanted more character from it, and I just didn't get that. Especially, and and this is going nerd, you know, I, I'm a fan of the cyberpunk lore and setting and history. That all felt like an afterthought to me for most uh, of the game hmm. for Johnny. You know, th there, was, there was a couple of... Uh, side quests where it it really came through but most of the time eh, it was keanu being evil keanu and you know acting as the animalistic urges of v in that game anyway we're not talking about cyberpunk what we should talk about is the wonderful collection of folks that have stepped up and become a hero. that's right Every week we have wonderful folks that throw us a couple of bones to help support the Twitter now X habit of having the blue check mark, right? It, it, it's like a drug. It's 16 bucks a month. And we can't do it without you. Without you, that blue check mark goes away. Visibility on the Nerdcognito Twitter account goes away. And we don't get to irritate Sparkle Trolls. 
You got a check morning. <laughs> you pay eight dollars. No, it's sixteen now. You fucks. Anyway, <laughs> we have our super cast of Checkmark heroes for this week. Of course, with superstar Checkmark hero Cinnamander leading the brigade. You can follow Sin at Cinnamander C Y N N A M A N D E R on the machine now known as X. We also have the ultra American TTRPGer. You can follow him at Ultra TTRPGER on previously aforementioned X and our good friend, Disciple of the Logris, who is available at K underscore Burkhart, B U R K H A R D T on Twitter. All three of them are spectacular supporters of not just Nerd Cognito, but our philosophy and hobby. So it is super important that you support them. Give all three of them a follow on X. Hey, you want to be included in this group? And why wouldn't you? It's a spectacular group. Go to nerdcognito.com. Click on Be a Checkmark Hero at the top. And you can pony up as little as $2 to get to here this lovely harmonious tone checkmark hero we got a good group of checkmark heroes this week guys we really do yeah we got a group of checkmark yeah, heroes that's the exciting part yeah we, we broke even <laughs> on the month <laughs> yeah, we got, i mean we've always had sin in perpetuity but the uh, other and, it's nice and to i cannot say out. how much i appreciate sin in perpetuity uh he, you know he said he wants to support the things that he likes so that they don't go away. And that means the world to me. So I, I really appreciate it. Um, yeah. Cause with, with, without our fans, we got nothing and we are grateful right. for the group of fans that we have that tune in each and every week to this, the big show. We've got a spectacular group of folks that show up every Saturday afternoon on the speakeasy. It's phenomenal. You guys are tops. All right, I'm going back to being my dickish self now. <laughs> a little true Ryan came out there. I really, Kyle, I really do appreciate our, our folks. They make yeah. me want to keep doing this. And there are weeks where I don't want to do this. And they uh, are yeah, the reason that I do it. Yeah, we all have those moments. There's, there's sure. times when it's like, oh, man, this is going on and this is going on. And I just don't really, that's not in the mood. And then you get in there and you, and you, and you know, you see the faces or you, or you interact with people on Twitter or whatever. And, you know, it, it kind of revitalizes yeah, it brings you know, you up. your spirit a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It really yeah. does. It really does. Bert, some Saturday when you don't have 90,000 gaming groups, you're going to have to pop back <laughs> in on the speakeasy. No, people are asking. Yeah. People are asking. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. All I mean, right. think about it. It's a good time, you know, just hanging around, yeah, drinking a beer, bullshitting about nothing. Um, well, I've got beer, so that's not a problem. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> our last story of the week comes from our favorite place on the internet. Reddit. You got it, Kyle. <laughs> In the <laughs> subreddit. Okay. Man, where's Alec Guinness when you need him? <laughs> Oh, I can't do it. You guys know the line I'm talking about. I do. About. I do. And it, it is true. Someone with a rainbow in their avatar posits this question, Kyle. Okay. I stumbled on a Twitter account, which I'm not going to name here, 
but they use the hashtag gatekeeping is good very often. This rubbed me the wrong way. I cried and came to my feelings, whatever that means, <laughs> for a little bit, but then I really dug into it. And I have to ask the question, are they wrong? Is gatekeeping in D&D so bad? I think we could probably agree that gatekeeping for the sake of keeping new people out from experiencing the thing that you love is wrong. But gatekeeping and resisting broader corporate-driven changes to core experiences is a positive thing. I might have misjudged these folks. F-O-L-X. I bet that got downvoted all to shit. <laughs> it has zero upvotes. <laughs> You're talking about Nerd Cognito and Ryan David. That guy is every form of bigot, homophobe, and misogynist that you can find. <laughs> right in Wait. the comments. You're, you're a misogynist? Because my back's been a little sore, man. Maybe you could come over and <laughs> misogynize my back here. Uh, I, I have issues being in close proximity with other naked men unless there's an Eiffel Tower involved. Uh, you, you homophobe. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they, did, they, they warned you, Kyle. They said it. I like how you just redefined what gatekeeping means so gatekeeping becomes okay. 78 upvotes. <laughs> the people you were talking about, I'm not even going to name them, are an antithesis on the hobby. Well, that's a good okay. word. Good word. Antithesis, yeah. It's inappropriately used, but not a bad word. I get, I get what you're talking about. Yeah, we're the enemy, man. Yeah, this chick looks like a fucking cow. <laughs> man, Ryan, right? And you wonder why people on Reddit think you're a cl you're you're the cloned love child of Adolf Hitler and Genghis Khan. I I am no <laughs> beauty queen myself here, Bert. I call them like I see them. This woman has two stomachs and is chewing cud. <laughs> oh. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. If you're listening to these people, the next thing you're going to ask is the next question. Is it okay to pick up girls from a podcast or at your gaming table? Hey, Kyle, we made Reddit. I'm not even on Reddit anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm not either. I mean, I, I think I still have an account, and I I think it's under an old name. I don't think it's under Dying Breed. By, I believe uh, my by Reddit account was El Zappoed. I don't think mine was. I don't think mine was. I, I just I just stopped using it because it was like this is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's so promising in concept. Yeah. But you can't let the inmates run the asylum. Which is what has happened. Right. I noticed I wasn't mentioned, Ryan. So no, you, you, you're scot-free, Bert. Gatekeeping, entitlement, censoring, and more. These are all terms that people like to use only for certain extremes. Oh, wait, I was using the wrong voice. They have positive, neutral, and negative connotations. So for the moment, let's look at gatekeeping from a good perspective. The people like that are like preaching this and that are saying this hashtag are legitimately passionate about their perspective of the game. Sure, they shit on a lot of things, but they love the game and want to see it through in the best light possible. Hey, 
that cow's all right. But, okay, well. Hey, we, we made gatekeeping. You, you know what's not gatekeeping at all? What's that? The village of Greenhaven. <laughs> the village everybody's of Greenhaven. Welcome. Everybody's welcome. Is well, it is it's such a welcoming place, and you should go to drive through RPG right now and pick up a copy of the Village of Greenhaven. It is a system agnostic pop-in principle. What does that mean? It means you could pop it into any system, no matter what you're playing, no gatekeeping necessary. A completely fleshed out village with NPCs, events, encounters. Uh, tons of random tables, all sorts of goodies for your group. Everybody needs this at their table because you never know when your party is going to make a left when you thought they were going to make a right, and poof, you need a village. Not only that, but it's a really sound village, and the guy that wrote it is a freaking genius, let me tell you. I mean, he he, he knows his shit. No, in all seriousness, go to drive through RPG right now. Search Greenhaven, G-R-E-E-N-H-A-V-E-N, and pick up the Village of Greenhaven for your table. It's an easy fit. It's only $2.99, $2.99, less than $3, less than a coffee at your favorite Bucky's establishment. Uh, pick it up, pop it in. POD is coming eminently soon, so just keep your eyes out on the listing at the village of Greenhaven. If you're interested in POD, of course we will uh, tweet it out when it happens too, but Greenhaven and gatekeeping are good. Yeah. I can't believe we made a Reddit thread that is par. It has exactly zero upvotes. <laughs> it's funny. Well, that's our it's news kind of for funny. the week, right? That's the news. That's the news. Yeah. And that's, that's the way it was. Cronkite <laughs> was a freaking communist. <laughs> uh, Why don't we just invoke Jane Fonda when she has her clothes on? Anyway, <laughs> speaking of clothes on, depending on how your table answers certain questions and has a certain conversation, you might all be sitting around topless, just like our friend Grim Jim on Table Topless. I, actually, Jim doesn't sit around top. Jim should sit around topless. Jim, if you're listening, yeah. and I know you are, yeah. uh, you, you just let me know what it'll take. Make, I'll guess spot, and we'll both do it. I'll give you uh, some some secondary man boobies in solidarity. You can't see it right now, but I'm grabbing them. Uh, <laughs> that might not fly at your table, Kyle. And no. according to our dear friends and neighbors, we need to have a conversation called Session Zero all about session it. Zero. Uh, we, session Zero. We all know what Session Zero is. Session Zero yeah. is the boundary establishment conversation, what we can, what we can't do, what to expect thing for pussies. Right? Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, no, more or less. Uh, we've talked about it before. We've talked about our thoughts on session zero. But this isn't a new concept. It's just, no. you know, taking an existing concept, hosing it down in sparkles and and then running with it to the ends of the earth. See, Ryan, I call it session zero. Kyle probably calls it campaign prep you call it stockpiling ammunition in some ways i do and we will get to that 
We will get to that. And I, I make no bones about it. If you give me a weakness, I'm going to at some point try to exploit it because actions have consequences and things need to be meaningful. Gee, that sounds familiar. <laughs> anyway, what we're going to do now is very briefly go through the three of us and talk about what folks could expect at our tables. So we'll start at the middle. Bert, you are the Bert. You are okay. the master of the Bert. So I yep. want you to tell me in three minutes or less about Bert's session zero. So what I will normally do is before I start a campaign or anything that we're going to do long term, I'll bring the group together and my session zero will be character creation and sort of a brief world overview, just sort of what people can expect. It helps us develop, you know, if they, it helps me figure out what the player characters are going to be for this campaign gives me something to work with. It gives me a chance to give them a little background about the world that we're in. For example, right now I'm running a campaign and it's in a post-apocalyptic world. So I gave them some descriptions, you know, there are radiated monsters, you know, think Mad Max meets, you know, uh, uh, meets an old like fifties after the bomb movie. We know you're playing fallout. You can say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but, some of the people didn't know what fallout was. Right. It wasn't like they were all mm -hmm. fallout gamers. So that's the description I gave them. And I, I showed them the different races and the different things that you could be. I helped them with character creation. And that really was our session zero. We kind of figured out what the composition of the party was going to be. They learned a little bit about the world. And, you know, I explained to them, it's a sci-fi setting. So it doesn't have those high fantasy elements. They may be used to, it's a darker setting, you know, that focuses more on survival than, you know, the fight between good and evil. There are, you know, political factions and interested parties that are opposing each other that you could run into so that they knew sort of what to expect going in. That's fair. Where Where's all your boundaries? Where is the X card? Where's the when's it okay to touch the dick next to you under the table? Well, I mean, I made it clear that, you know, in, in a survival setting, they, they could run into things like cannibalism. They could run into, you know, people being tortured, people being enslaved. Like, so it's a darker setting. And if that's not something that they were comfortable being in, I wanted to give them the option to either bow out or, um, you know, sort of refocus their mindset. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I don't know that I would call that a session zero. But we've, we've, had, we've had this argument before. That's just freaking common sense. Hey, here's what we're playing. Um, and, and, and again, that, that is the Grognard Session Zero, the one that we all know before it even had yeah. a name, right? Right. Kyle, yeah. what's your Session Zero look like? It's very similar to Bert's. And actually, I, I've, I've got a, a document. Uh, it may run a bit over three minutes, but this is uh, from an older campaign. And... I don't call mine a session zero. I call it players campaign information and it's about a page and a half. It's, it's fair. It goes fairly quick. I read through it and then everybody creates characters and we go from there. Right. Any, any I can read it highlights or we can, from, from uh, yeah. Um, it is a time of war and chaos. The King is dead. The empire is shattered. The lady has, has usurped the alabaster throne in the city of charm. The Northern provinces and Southern territories are in open rebellion. Lawless, lawlessness grows on the edges of the formerly great kingdom. 
treachery and distrust plagued the noble houses. Some neighboring lands are secluding themselves from the world. Refugees from the north and south seek safety where they can. Savage barbarians raid further into civilization than ever before. The wilderness is dangerous. The roads are dangerous. The cities are dangerous. Everything is dangerous. You are a group of first level adventurers, blah, blah, blah. And then other things I, I, I hit upon real quick. Um, you are very much uh, masters of your own desires. The actions and choices you make will have consequences, good or ill. Poorly thought out decisions may lead to dire results. Uh, the DM will guide you through adventures, but will not coddle you. Um, and then uh, a little bit further down, um, I talk about, uh, I, I have a brief thing on backstories. Basically, it comes down to your backstory should be able to fit in a single tweet. I like that. Tweet, I like, like that a lot. About yeah. 140 to 160 characters right in that range. Not much more than that. Um, I also tell them this is a grim, gritty, and low magic campaign setting. Uh, Over-the-top heroics are not the norm, though not impossible. Character death is a distinct and real possibility. Encounters will not necessarily be balanced. Retreat is always an option and should be considered as a viable alternative to combat when necessary. That's good and stuff. That's good yeah, stuff. And, you know, and then I end it, and this is the final segment here. There will be no trigger warnings here. Bad things happen in life, and they may also happen in this game. If you are a sensitive person, you should seek elsewhere. Your character is not special, and you should be aware of it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, my session zero. Now we're all 3D6 in order. Yeah, right. <laughs> my session zero is even shorter than that. And Bert's lived yeah. through them. Uh, it's nothing's off limits. These are the rules set that we are going to be playing under. So these are the rules. Nothing is off limits. If there are alterations that are global alterations for the rules, this is what they are. You cannot create x y or z and sometimes that doesn't exist right because i don't care now make your characters and ask me questions that's it right that's yeah. it and, and i we, do have it open for questions too yeah we have uh, a, a generally new guy that has only played fifth edition Bert, you know new mikey mm -hmm. yeah and um new mikey is learning very quickly that his understanding and worldview of what gaming was and what gaming is is very different i think he was huh. <laughs> go, just because you gave him a just because you gave him a cursed item i mean he put it on he put it on hey I, there's this ring i found it in a tomb there was a skeletal minotaur wearing a ring and holding a scepter I grabbed the scepter and put on the ring. Actions have consequences, right? Exactly. There you go. We've um, come full circle. <laughs> I don't think he's having a bad time. In fact, I've talked with him about it. I said, you know, I know this is very different than what you've expected. He said, it's great. You could predict everything that was happening when I was playing with my other group. I have no fucking idea what's going to happen. And I, it's a high, man. It's a natural high. Yeah. Now, if only we can get him on his Ritalin so he stops rocking in his fucking chair at the table, everything <laughs> will be good. But, um, no, uh, you know, less is more with Session Zero. I don't need to know what your triggers are because if you tell me, I'm going to use them. 
I don't need to tell you what's coming out because I'm telling you everything. You want to know what can happen? Anything can happen. That's it. I think I think making expectation of the world, like the document that you had there, Kyle, is great. You gave everybody a clear expectation. This is going to be a tough campaign. I'm here to lead you. I'm not here to hold your hand. These right. characters will live or die by the decisions you make. And I think that that's, uh, that's an important thing to make clear. If you're willing, yeah. Kyle, send it to me. I'll PDF it and throw it on the Nerd Cognito Twitter account because I think that that is a great document that everyone should read. You want the whole thing in its entirety, or you want me to trim it down? Uh, whatever you, whatever you're comfortable with, and you can say you I'm not comfortable thing. with anything. I, I like the fact how you said for you, you limit backstory to like a tweet. Ryan, right. if you give Ryan any backstory, he's just going to use it against you. So well, don't give him any. I I didn't talk <laughs> about this because it was so similar to Kyle's. But when people are like, I want to write a backstory, I'm like, that's fine. You write your backstory. It has to be in haiku format. And yeah, that's it. I've, yeah, you've told me that before. Yeah, uh, I, I go into the backstory thing a little bit more, but it's it. That I mean, that's generally how it is. It's like you, your backstory I, is levels one through five, guys. That's right, your backstory. Right, yeah. you, you got three or four. You got three or four sentences. You know. Top. See, I don't do written backstories with my players. Like once they come up with a concept, I'm I sit down with them and I'm like, we're gonna take a minute. You're introducing me to your character at a dinner party. What are you gonna tell me about? Uh, we yeah, can do backstories for a whole half hour. Let's save it for another time because as I look yeah. at the Mickey Mouse, it is time to wrap things up and tell people what to do. Uh, first and foremost, please make sure that you're subscribed at the podcast provider that you are listening to this show on right now. If you're watching the archives on YouTube of this show, remember you're getting this like four to six weeks late. The only way to get the day of show is through a major podcast provider. It doesn't matter if it's Spotify or Apple or anyone, iHeartRadio, you name it, you got to subscribe there and then it will be delivered to the device of your choice each and every week. Also remember, subscribe at YouTube. We are growing our channel. We need every subscription. Every subscription counts. Every like on every video counts. So go to YouTube, find Nerd Cognito. I know it's real hard, real predictable, and give us a subscription there. Also, things that you need to be mindful of. If you wanted a Gatekeeping is Good t-shirt, they are going away at the end of February. And if you wanted Greenhaven, pick it up on Drive-Thru RPG. That is all we have for you this week. Uh, thank you for joining us. It was a fun talk. We could keep going, but we don't want to bog down this week when we can just save it for another week. My name is Ryan David. I was joined by Kyle and Bert, and we will talk at you next week. Be safe out there, everybody. Nerd! Without death, life means nothing.